Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I, I'm not going to say outright no, but I think this is definitely not necessarily like uh, who I'd prioritize they target. Um, first of all, he's from Ohio. Like he's born in Ohio. Uh, that is to- fairly problematic. <laughs> What's brewing, everybody? This is the Bruins and Bruins podcast, day of the Hockey Podcast Network podcast, presented by Bruins Diehards, Pride Diehards, Wicked Diehards. Um, I am this episode's host, Chris Gear, and I'm here with Cam Hasbrook and Drew Johnson. What's up, fellas? What's uh, up? Living the dream. <laughs> Living the dream. For a second there, I thought you both were going to go with uh, non-verbal uh, hellos for this audio Verbal. medium <laughs> yeah, that'd be tough. That'd be tough. it would be fitting too to be fair but um yeah we got a uh our first trade deadline special i guess and then first before of many. we yeah but <laughs> we're gonna keep going even after the deadline has passed um <laughs> but before we do that let's uh hop into some beverages i do not have a beverage because i have to uh pick up a child from school in a little bit drew is holding up his drink to the camera so everybody listening can see it. Yes. Uh, it is a woodchuck hard cider established 1991. Um, about as old as Chris. Um, so woodchuck, it's got a woodchuck on it. Look at that mean woodchuck. Um, yeah, this is their amber sweet red apple cider. They have a couple different flavors. This is the only one I've had from them. And, uh, it's really smooth. Um, if someone who drinks down east a lot, it's definitely less sugary than that, but it's it's not quite like a dry cider. It's a, like a nice happy medium, um, nice and crisp. Um, had to do that for the ASMR um, drinkability. I think we're gonna have to go to the full thirty-seven there. Uh, that's a very drinkable cider. Uh, tasteability. I'm gonna go as far as ciders go. 
like a 26. Uh, Blake Wheeler, rest nice. in peace. He's alive, but he's not a Bruin, so. <laughs> so he's dead to us. <laughs> yeah, he's dead to the Bruins and Bruins, but let's have him on sometime. <laughs> is he still playing? I feel like, because he was with Winnipeg for a while, right? And I feel like I haven't heard his name in a few years, but. Uh, Rangers? Let's Maybe? trade for him. Maybe he's on our trade deadlines, but I don't want to spoil anything for the yeah, characters. <laughs> um, I am not drinking anything alcoholic right now because I have a soccer game and still four hours, which is crazy. Just an outrageous time to have a soccer game. But um, we're recording this at 6 p.m. for all of you listening later, which is everyone. Uh, Market Basket Seltzer, Black Cherry, delicious as always. 37 out of 37. The 37s all around on drinkability. Shouts to Lancey. Tasteability, like a five, which is. I think the nice medium for seltzer. You want to be able to taste it. Doesn't want to be, you know, sugary or anything like that. More than just the aroma. You know, it's it's there, it's present, but it's not overwhelming, which is to me what you want out of a seltzer. So shouts to uh shouts to Market Basket. More for your dollar. No free ads. No free ads. I had a coconut lime vitamin water that was pretty sick. Um all right. <laughs> <laughs> uh i guess bef- before we get into the uh the trade deadline stuff uh either you guys watched the uh the bruins game last night yeah i did it was, was tough. i i actually stayed up and watched the entire thing and then fell asleep during overtime <laughs> and then woke up right <laughs> after overtime and they were running the highlights and i was like all right let's see who won and they were like showing the highlights and then i saw mcavoy score Almost as if it wasn't real time. Like I didn't see a score bugger in before that. So I watched the highlight of him scoring the winner and was like, damn, that was sick. I'm kind of annoyed I fell asleep, but it was like one in the morning here. So I was like, yeah, understandable. But to make it through the entire three periods of madness and then fall asleep as overtime was starting was difficult. It's pretty brutal. Uh, yeah. Uh, I Good stayed job. up one I stayed up one time to watch the Japanese Grand Prix, which was at like two or three AM here. And uh, I like watched all the pregame and everything for like two hours, and I fell asleep wa- during the formation lap. <laughs> yeah, that's tough. Much like uh, Chris and I would regularly stay up for our NC Dinos during the pandemic. Shouts yeah, to, uh, the, the, the NC Dinos, hell yeah, the um, boys, the one true Dino. It was very fun when I was in Seoul, and I like organically got to watch a Dinos game on the television at like a fried chicken cool. place it was great that's awesome uh, <laughs> well that was a great uh, recap on the edmonton oilers <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but we, we got a lead with the exciting stuff when it was uh you know probably one of the best games of the year uh yeah five five going into ot mcavoy with an absolutely dirty dangle to yeah. uh finish on the backhand and and win it um beforehand there were a couple of Pasternak chances that I thought were uh, absolute cash as well. Um, you know, I feel like you go into overtime against Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, and among others, yeah. and assume that, you know, your chances probably aren't great. But, I don't know, McAvoy and Pasternak kind of felt like they took over that period. Yeah, definitely good to see. And McAvoy bailing the boys out twice in a row, too, with the uh... – the prior shootout winner and then the overtime winner, obviously against Edmonton. It's awesome to see him step in. I, I've been thinking about that a lot with, uh, you know, obviously we've talked about it a lot on the pod before McAvoy doesn't get his dues for, you know, for uh, 
I almost said Vezina Trophy for Norris Trophy. <laughs> he definitely doesn't get his dues for the for the Vezina, but a couple uh, of things to the, his credit. Yeah, it doesn't get the Norris Trophy consideration because of uh, uh, I I don't even want to say a perceived lack of offense, but he doesn't quite have the the numbers to back it up like an Adam Fox would normally that kind of thing. Um, but I mean, I, the last two games and that overtime goal in particular is is really a proof that like when he has his opportunities, he's he's pretty gross on the puck and he can create really really well. Obviously, I think moving the puck up ice is his, his strongest point, but especially what we've seen out of the Montgomery system the last two years, I think him stepping up into the play, I, he loves making those backside rushes off the, off the far post too, during, you know, like a, a lengthy possession. And obviously the, the overtime winner was filthy, nice hands there. Um, and just great awareness to like, see how far the goalie was out and, and to make that move. So um, again, not that that one goal is going to get him into the Norris conversation, but I think, there is a, I think that that is a, a slightly overlooked part of his game sometime when, uh, when neutral fans are looking at him. Yeah, absolutely filthy. Uh, to your point, Cam, I don't want to misattribute this, so I'm not going to even say who it was from. Um, but I, one of the like advanced stats Twitter accounts posted a, a chart that had McAvoy as like the number one in each of the last three years at converting zone exits successfully to zone entries um which is great you like that <laughs> that's huge for a defenseman yeah i mean ever heard of a uh, bobby or uh, <laughs> he was pretty good at that but uh yeah um speaking of defensemen uh mason lori back up to fill in for the injured hampus lindholm who is out for weeks um i don't know if that's something where the Bruins are going to, you know, kind of just shut them down until the playoffs and, and hope they can, you know, use some of that cap space for the upcoming discussion on trade deadline stuff. Um, or if uh, that's something where, you know, you want to work them back in and make sure you have that cap space to, you know, get them to up, get them up to speed for the playoffs. Um, we've kind of seen it work both ways for teams that, that use that cap circumvention, but you know, we'll, we'll see what the Bruins do when it comes to the trade deadline. Um, and we'll talk about that in a few, but Mason Lori three assists in his return, um, had some rough looks defensively, but also had some good looks defensively. Um, and obviously looked pretty good on the offensive end. What'd you guys see from him? Yeah, I was pretty happy with it. Obviously coming out with three points is, is awesome for a defenseman and, um, not that he isn't necessarily known for like his ability to move the puck, but it's not like the first thing that comes to mind. I think, you know, his size and is, is really the big thing. Um, I don't know. I feel like people look at him with a very critical eye sometimes just sort of by nature of like how the Bruins have been able to kind of pull up, especially on the defensive side. Like again, Charlie McAvoy came into the league, not a fair expectation or comparison there, but he was ready to go right away. And I think there's sort of an unfair expectation sometimes that these young defensemen in particular, right. It's, you don't see it as much from the forwards because obviously, I mean, hockey, you have that defensive responsibility, no matter what position you're playing, but you know, when you're the back line there, it's, it's a little bit more important. Um, and it, obviously it's hyper-focused there. So I think you see some kind of typical young player mistakes from him and, and people bag on him a little bit, maybe too much for it sometimes. Um, just because maybe there is an unfair standard set. He's a super young player who's 
a large guy trying to trying to you know I mean not the not not like he had the the team growth spurt where he's like trying to figure it out, but like using that frame at the NHL level where everybody necessarily is is not necessarily that huge, but everybody is is an elite level player versus in college at Ohio State. Um, it's a it's a very different game, right? And I think obviously we're we're gonna see an adjustment period here. Um, I think overall his progress I've been pretty pleased with over the course of the season. I don't think he's like super sturdy reliable yet, but I think as far as young defensemen go and, and how young he is still, he's he's progressing pretty well. Um I think you know he's a player that next time or this next season, maybe this time of year, you know, we can look back and say, you know, he's progressed a hell of a lot more, but like, you know, you could, you can see the natural talent there and, and the ability. So um, obviously injuries are a huge concern, especially on the defensive side right now for the Bruins. So he might kind of be forced into a lot of playing time could be good for him development wise. Hopefully he can handle it, but um, you know, I, I hope regardless of, of how injuries go, the Bruins kind of keep him in the plans. Cause I, I do think he's, he's a promising young guy yeah i think i think laura is definitely like right now obviously he's on the cusp as that kind of seventh defenseman and maybe not even you know with uh with all the injuries and everything but i think he does he does have an impact on the game kind of like chris said uh, with his defensive game last night sometimes that's good and sometimes that's bad within the same game but um I mean, if you're seeing those flashes of strong play uh, and having three assists singing your return, um, you know, that's that's really what you look for as what's going to be his full potential. Um, so I think it, it really next seasons where you're looking at him to be a, a solid part of the team in a regular starting role, whether that's in the bottom six or preferably getting him more minutes in the top four, thinking that's maybe his caliber of play at the peak of his potential. Um, so right now you, you take what you get and if he's able to fill in solidly for injuries, uh, you know, rather than some random depth guy you signed during free agency, then that's great. And he's getting the ice time he needs at the NHL to develop. Yeah. And to that point, I think like the Bruins are going to make the playoffs, right? Like I, that's not really a, a concern for this team right now, uh, barring some crazy shit. <laughs> um, they're pretty safely in a spot and, especially with the injury concerns, I'd rather be a little cautious with some of the other guys and get him more NHL experience right now versus burying him in Providence where, you know, it's still good experience, but it's not quite the same as, as playing in the NHL. So um, I don't think it's the worst thing to let him kind of work out some of those kinks right now. So that again, when next season comes around, he's got a really a full NHL season under his belt um, while also hopefully giving, you know, your Grizzlies or your Lynn Holmes and everybody else a little bit more time to, to get really healthy. So um Again, we'll we'll see what the circumstances kind of force as far as playing hands go, but I I'm happy to see him out there, and and it's awesome to see him jump back in and contribute like that. That's a player who to me is is playing with confidence, even though I'm sure it's hard to play confidently when you're kind of on that balance. That you know, a couple small mistakes could could send you back to to Rhode Island there. So um, I'm pretty happy to see him step in and, and contribute and play with with a lot of confidence, which again is going to cause issues a little bit here and there because you might make the wrong play sometimes. But I'd rather. I'd rather see that than see a player who looks tepid and, and is unsure of himself. Like I, I think he does try to assert, assert himself as for better or for worse sometimes, but it's a good mentality to have at his age. Yep. Speaking of big boys, uh, Justin Brazo got his first goal in his first game. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of enjoying watching 
him fit in on that line with uh, Trent Frederick, and it's it's been kind of cool. Yeah, you guys got any thoughts on uh, on this this guy Justin Brazzo? Great dude. name. Love shielding the puck. <laughs> it sounds like a New England Patriots player name. I don't know. They've had some weird ones over the years. They're not like weird ones, but just like last names you haven't heard before. Yeah, he could be a good tight end, I think. That could work. It's actually very funny. I grew up with someone uh, who had the last name Brazo, so it's not one that I haven't heard before, but other than that, it is. Um, Yeah. I don't have yeah, no thoughts, thoughts on this play. Yeah, just like he passed the name test. Yeah, we gotta um, come up with a nickname soon. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, Big Fudge. He he can he can assume that maybe uh, bigger that fudge. Role. <laughs> Big maybe. bigger fudge. Bigger fudge. I don't know. We gotta check the height comparison, but I'm pretty fudge sure he's though. got a little bit on him. He's he's six five, so yeah, I think he's uh, he's got Nick Ritchie beat by a fair amount. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll keep our eyes on that guy. Uh, Drew, you got any update on uh, PWHL Boston, who may have a team name before the playoffs? Who? Um, I uh, I watched on Monday. I did not get to watch last night, nor the Bruins, because I was working like a fucking dog. Um, but <laughs> not not until eleven p.m. By then, <laughs> I was exhausted and knew I wouldn't be awake for the rest. Anyway, Monday's game I did see, and that, that that's where they finish their four game losing streak and it was it was romantic as it was against ottawa who had just beat them uh, <clears throat> uh before um and uh or that was on wednesday i did see some of wednesday see i got the two games confused because they were both in boston and it was against ottawa both times <laughs> i saw part of the wednesday game which was really nice to see uh I, more so i saw monday's game and there were definitely a few weaknesses and you really for that whole four game losing streak. I don't think Mueller had a point. Um, I think Gable might have had a point, but that like that's what I'm getting at. Like all the the players you'd expect uh goals out of just weren't really lighting it up like they were at the beginning of the season. Um and finally kind of broke through in that one. But uh so glad to see that losing streak is over. Um and I think it it coincided with the the Bruins losing streak ending too, pretty much yeah. same week. It was like a good week of Boston hockey getting over that that hump. I saw my favorite player, Lauren Gable, scored um, with a just absolute snipe. Mm-hmm. That was sick. She she's got a hell of a shot, and she showed that especially in the first what four, five, six games of the season in terms of like execution on them um and glad she's finding the back of the net now uh it seems to be a recipe for success i think if you look at these star players on the team when they score it's a win and when they don't it's a bit of a struggle yeah it's funny we've been talking in the chat about how much parity there is in the league because it is funny like four game losing streak kind of feels like damn this might be a lost season there's not too many games left um but like, I don't know. They're not that far back in the standings. Uh, right. Four four out of the six teams make the playoffs. I mean, there's still time to pull things together, and uh, yeah, it's not like it, this team is way behind everybody else in goal scoring. Yeah. And 
Yeah, and it's like uh, you, you face this though all of the teams so often. It's not like okay, say the Bruins are in a wild card race with the Islanders. Well, they already played their three games this season. Like you constantly have opportunities to like leapfrog and have a game that's really worth what six points if you went into regulation. So um, I think that aspect of it. Well, I was also feeling uh, there's only a little time left. Like you can still climb if you're if you're beating the right teams. Yeah, that's a good point. Good, good stuff, Drew. That's Drew on the PWH. We should make it like a segment. <laughs> Drew's clues. Drew's clues. Drew's clues. So that would be like our betting segment. Drew's clues. Drew's bruised. You know what kind of sounds like Drew's clues is DraftKings. We know hockey games move fast, just like this podcast into an ad. But with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice even a 109-mile-per-hour slap shot from Zidane Ochara. This week, new customers can bet 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Uh, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with code THPN. New customers bet just 5 bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467369 in Connecticut. Help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. The NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2024. All rights reserved. All right, sick. Um, all right, well, so some of this data might be uh, outdated by the time this comes out because you know how everything changes in the standings in a couple of days. Um, but as of now, I took all of the teams that Money Puck had listed as below 20% chance of making the playoffs, and I looked at all of their unrestricted free agents, and I pulled some names of guys that I think either the Bruins could acquire or that I would like them to acquire or just some, you know, high on the wish list, probably not happening names. Um, do we want to start from the bottom and then uh, go up to the, the high on the wish list names? I think we should go like middle and then next lowest and then high. Like you just work from the middle. No, yeah, you go, work, go work from work the middle out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'll, I'll throw out a couple of names and you guys tell me if you have any interest in these guys. One of the, one of the real big names out there that obviously Calgary wants to move, not the biggest name that they want to move, but Chris Tanev, a 34 year old right defenseman with a $4.5 million cap hit. Any thoughts guys? Ever since Nick Godin said that I looked like him in one of my profile pictures where I had my eyes open wide, uh, yeah, I'd take him on the Bruins. Also, I just think he's like a Bruins kind of player. I don't know. I, I feel like he'd mesh well with this group. Um, and like, sure, I'd take him. 
I mean, every 34 year old defenseman, I'm not going to go all in on. Um, I honestly don't know what I'd be willing to give up for that, but hell yeah, I'd be interested. I'd try and have a conversation. I feel like, uh, like veteran experience is one of those things that like is kind of overvalued and or not overvalued over. It plays more of a role going into the playoffs than it does in the regular season. So, um, Having a guy who's been in the league for as long as Brad Martian has would be uh, would be helpful. Um, also, he takes awesome pictures with his eyes really wide open. That's Brandon Tanev. Oh, is it his brother? Yeah. Ah, well, they should do it together. I think they so, probably have. They, I'll take it. They look really alike. I mean, I know they're brothers, but goddamn, yeah. Um. Oh. It's about as far as my crap. Head. Then I was talking about Brandon Tanner the entire time. <laughs> I don't. I don't fucking care about this other guy. Uh, yeah. So I. I think he is a a player who's become so overrated that he's now underrated. Uh, he's obviously a little on the older side. Um, he's not going to give you anything offensively. I think four point five million is way too much for a player like that but he's like a pretty solid third pairing right d so like if you really feel like you don't have enough there in kevin shattenkirk yeah give it a give it a go i don't think that's your top priority or anything like that but um you know if you can figure out a way for them to retain some salary or i don't think that's the way you would use hampus lindholm's uh cap space um but you know if you if there are other moves happening and if you want to get rid of a guy like Forbert or something like that, like maybe. Um, all right. How about uh Jakob Silverberg from the Anaheim ducks? A great name. First of he all, is uh, a right, right I, winger I for him a few times. In the I Mitchell. think he's like 32, 33, somewhere in that range. Um, one of the best defensive wingers in the league, not, lighting anything on fire offensively 5.3 million dollar cap hit yeah Yeah, i was gonna say i think career high is like 28 points or no 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 no, no, no. 39 what am i looking at am i still looking at the same player (laughs) i was looking at tanev stats first yeah like i mean i think it was like 49 yeah 2016 17 so different time this season 15 points last season over 20 but yeah i i mean 5.5 mil is a lot for not having great offensive production to go along with it um i mean depth is great but at that price if you're like looking further than this season then no yeah that would that would need to be a retained salary kind of deal yeah that's a lot of money for a guy like that but He's kind of like uh, maybe a Nick Felino type acquisition where like you're just looking for a solid veteran presence who's really good defensively. And yeah, I know it's it's nothing that's gonna light the world on fire if the Bruins do it, but it's another one of those where I'm not mad if they do it. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk a little more offense and no defense. Vladimir Tarasenko has a full no trade clause, so he could mm-hmm. veto anything, but. Yeah. Uh, five million dollars right winger, um, really solid offensively, really bad defensively, probably somewhere like league average combined. Um, 
does that does that name strike your fancy? Because that's that's a guy that I've always really loved, but obviously he's a little older now, and uh, mm-hmm. honestly, maybe the shine's worn off a little bit. I would rather make a move like that. I feel like the Bruins are fairly defensively sound and have a, a very structured system that maybe if you can kind of teach him a little bit of that, not that he's going to become Patrice Bergeron by any means, but at least enough to not be a liability defensively. And obviously there's a huge upside offensively. Like I think if you're going to stick them realistically, what, like a third line maybe kind of thing right now, the Bruins have enough pieces and, and players who are responsible as, as a third line guy that can play defensive hockey that you can kind of let him be a little bit more lenient on, on the defensive responsibilities and, and still have a huge upside there for, for depth scoring. So if they can find a way to make it happen. Also, obviously Stanley cup experience before he's got that. He's been around the league. Um, really good I mean, on the power play. Yeah. Great on the power play, which like, I mean, the Bruins have a, a pretty good number of power play tools right now, but adding Vladimir Tarasenko definitely isn't going to hurt. Um, yeah, I would, I'd be down for that. I didn't even realize he was like a Senator. I yeah. like in the U S government. I didn't know he was on Ottawa, honestly, cause just cause you know, I always picture him in a St. Louis Jersey. Um, yeah. I'd take Tarasenko again with all of these. The caveat is I don't, I'm not giving like a price that I'd be willing to pay for him, but like definitely like someone I would certainly take. Um, Not sure it's the most realistic option, especially with that like complete no trade clause. Uh, He's going to, if they need to trade him, he's going to have a lot of say of where he goes. If Boston's an attractive option to him, then I think you at least have to make an approach as Sweeney or Sweeneyus some say or cam neely or uh no nickname all right i got three more names but i'm gonna kind of blow past jason zucker and anthony duclair for the sake of time those guys are more just like adding for the sake of adding and just see what happens um but i got one more interesting name and that's jack roslevic from the blue jackets i didn't realize he was going to be a ufa this year or this coming year um he was the he was part of that uh the patrick line a trade um he has not been great with the blue jackets but if the bruins are looking to add a center um he's four million dollars he's below average offensively and defensively but you know maybe a change of scenery for a highly touted former, formerly highly touted prospect, uh, surround him with some good wingers. Um, could could be successful. It feels like if you can get him at a decent price, it's it's like one of those that might be worth taking a flyer on. Um, not a move that's going to be like season defining by any means, but I could see, like Chris said, get him in a fresher environment and a better team, frankly, and get him a little bit of a bump there, especially if you can stick like a, a talented winninger on his, on his side. So um, yeah, worth, worth a flyer asterisk with all of these with the price, but um, obviously the, the center position is where the Bruins have at least appearingly the, the least amount of depth. So I think uh, especially going into the playoffs, having options there in case somebody gets hurt or in case somebody's game goes to shit um, can't, can't hurt to have an extra name there. Um. I think 
I, I'm not going to say outright no, but I think this is definitely not necessarily like who I'd prioritize they target. Um, first of all, he's from Ohio. Like he's born in Ohio. Uh, that is to, fairly problematic. He went to college in Ohio and he's going to play NHL or he went to college in Miami, Ohio. Um, which I don't even, are they D1? I think that's hilarious that he's like a first round pick or a first, yeah, a first rounder. Yeah, Miami, Ohio's a, a, pretty, a pretty big program. I think Sean Corrali went there. Uh, okay. Oh, good company. All right. If he's going to play like Sean Corrali, then, then I'll take him. But uh, <laughs> I think, I, honestly, I think that indicates that <clears throat> maybe he's going to stick around in Columbus just because he loves it so much. But if they're trading, sure, but uh, not uh, the highest on my list, though. I don't, I do know centers really this season. And it's crazy to think about. We've been so blessed with the Bergeron and Krejci for so long. Center is like at the center of the debate as much as defenses um, yeah, right now. So the, the, the center market is bare. Um, yeah. I, I only wrote down, pending ufas obviously there are guys out there who are on the trading block that are not rentals um nick dowd is one of those guys but he just got hurt um i don't know if that makes him untouchable in terms of uh you know i I think he's only hurt for a little bit he'll be he'll be back before the you know before it becomes not worth even trading for him but um he's got a year left on his contract that's a good depth center option but that's not top end the most top end center option we got is adam henrique also from anaheim he's got a 10 team no trade list um 5.83 million dollar deal um i'd say like pretty good offensively not great defensively overall kind of like league average center but someone on a not great team who once again, if you put them on the Bruins, surround them with talent, probably someone who can perform up, you know, a la Hampus Lindholm. How much did you say his cap? It was 5.83. Okay. I thought you, I missed the five. I was like $8 million. Jeez. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this guy's from Ontario. So fuck him. I got bad news for you about a couple (laughs) of Bruins, Drew. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I would feel a little bit better about this one, but still, I I think there's higher upside there. Um, But yeah, not not anybody I'd be like overly excited about either kind of thing. Um, Again, I think having depth and depth that at least has proven talent, even if they're not playing great right now, is, is big going to the playoffs and, you can see that kind of thing resurge at points, especially with a better team. But, um, you know, I won't be dancing if I see the notification on my phone either that it happened. So, it, I, I honestly, I'd take Henrik. Um, I thought for, I, I, I forgot he's been on Anaheim. And then I look, he's been on Anaheim for like almost a decade, like seven seasons <laughs> or something. I just always yeah. picture him in a, in a devil's jersey. Um, <laughs> I mean, oddly enough, same. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, you couple it with, I didn't notice that until you said he's with a bad team. I was like, wait, what? Is it New Jersey? Like, all right. Um, Anyway, uh, yeah, I'd take him. Obviously, it's another kind of deal where you'd need uh, them to take some cap or you're set on Lindholm 
being out. But if Lindholm's out, you got to go after defense with that cap uh, space, or at least some of it, I think. So, um, yeah, I, I, but I would take Henrique definitely. I think, as I was saying, center is a little iffy this season uh, for the first time in a long time, and has he has that veteran presence too. So, um, and kind of that that two A ish game. So yeah, yeah, I'd take him. Yeah, the, he's my first guy on the uh, not super exciting, but maybe target list. I only have two guys on that list. And the other guy is uh, <laughs> surprisingly Cal Clutterbuck, uh, right winger, $1.75 million cap hit. He's like a defense only Garnet Hathaway type trade. Um, I think he's also 34, maybe 36, I forget. Um, but once again, more like really good defensive forward. Um, he's going to give you that snarl that a lot of people really want on the fourth line going into the playoffs. And if that's what, you know, maybe the Bruins feel like they need, he's for sure a guy that I would consider going after. The problem is the Islanders still have a shot at making the playoffs. So we don't know if they're shopping anybody and Clutterbuck's kind of like a, fan favorite you know locker room guy um this might be his last season though so maybe he goes and says hey like if we're not gonna if we're not gonna make the playoffs maybe give me a shot at a cup here um and that's a guy i'd be like i wouldn't be excited about him but be like yeah that's that's a good move good shoring up that fourth line some Bruins fans would definitely be all over that the sector that's like hit and fight yeah and- <laughs> Um, yeah, sure. Fourth line depth. That's just kind of the guy. I mean, I think at his peak, wasn't he like maybe third line kind of guy? Yeah. He was always just like really the checking line guy though. Like he's always top of the league in hits. Mm -hmm. Um, his line mate, Matt Martin is also a pending UFA, but he is a less exciting. Yeah. I'd rather have a clear book. Mm-hmm. an actual player perspective uh yeah clutterbuck leaves a lot oh, oh, just the name itself too a lot of content test yeah the clutter puck. jerseys probably has his own shot called the what clutter the puck. clutter puck <laughs> perfect uh and now we get to the two like actually exciting names um one of them you can absolutely guess i'm sure uh noah hannafin um $4.95 million cap hit left defenseman. That is the position the Bruins absolutely need to shore up. Um, just solid defensively, great offensively, I think really ideal. Uh, but the problem is the Bruins, I, I don't know what they would be willing to give up for a potential rental. Um, they would probably want to sign that extension if the trade happened. Um, I think a lot of people are putting stock in the fact that Hannafin's a Boston guy and obviously he wants to be in Boston and he'll obviously sign an extension here. Um, I don't think that's a given. Um, I think maybe he wants to make as much money as he can. Who knows? Um, he has an eight team, no trade. I would be shocked if the Bruins were on that. Um, but still, I mean, I, I would give the Bruins a, pretty good chance of being able to sign them in the off season, considering their cap situation, but I don't know what they have to offer that they'd be willing to part with right now. 
Yeah, those ones are always tough where you feel like you might be a front runner to get him in the offseason anyway. Um, I mean, obviously you want to try to make as big of an impact as you can for this season, especially with, you know, I don't think Marshan's hanging him up after the end of the season, but um, if you feel like you have a chance to win it this year, you got to kind of go for it. Um, yeah, it would be cool to see. Always fun to see Boston guys. He stuck around and played at BC in college too. So, you know, um, always, a, always a fun story, but I, I would definitely like to see it happen. It feels like it's just going to be one of those moves that is not realistic as far as what the expectation is. Um, he said a pretty friendly cap hit. I, I think they probably would be asking for a little bit too much. Um, maybe, I don't know, line to soul mark. Uh, kidding. <laughs> <laughs> kidding. <laughs> if you know, you know. Um, but yeah, yeah like no, the Bruins I, aren't parting with Lori for yeah, potential be, rental. That would be silly mm-hmm. to do. So, um, ideally, you've, you can you flee some and, and secure a, a trade and sign kind of thing, but um, that seems like it's probably something that lives more in the in the dreams of Bruins fans than in the uh, the actual going abouts here. So, um, I hope I'm wrong, but I I don't think it's actually going to happen. Drew would be cool though. Sure. <laughs> All right, Hannafin. Um, yeah. I don't right. know. There's a lot of talk out there, but I take him. You have to listen, but you can't give up too much. Uh, not the kind of guy I'd go all in on. This is the cup. All right. And here's the kind of guy I would go all in on. It Literally the one guy on the market that's a pending UFA. Um, I think he's 29. Uh, I didn't write down anybody's age, so really prepared. Um, can play either wing. $5.7 million cap hit. Great offensively, great defensively on a mediocre to bad team. No offense, Sammy. Uh, it's Anthony Mantha um, having a really solid year. Um, I feel like he's been good for a while. I don't know if that's just maybe uh, owned him on a couple of fantasy teams and was like, ah, this guy really rules. But uh, having a really good year this year with, you know, kind of a diminished supporting cast on that Washington team. Um, and if there's anyone you're going to, I still don't know if this is the year for the Bruins to go all in, but if there's one guy to go all in for, I think that's him. Yeah. I'd like the addition um, fairly talented brings a bit of snarl too, which checks both boxes there, which is, is ideal. Um, yeah. I feel like, what did you say? The cap hit was five, seven. Yep. Okay. I feel like you might be able to get, I don't know what Washington's cap situation looks like, but presumably you could get them to maybe eat a little bit of that since they're kind of looking like shit right now. So um would be curious what kind of return they're looking for also based on kind of the outlook of, of their organization right now. But um I think if you can make that deal at a reasonable cost, I agree. That would be a, that would be a solid pickup that feels like one of those sort of sneaky under the radar Don Sweeney deals um, that ends up, you know, rolling out pretty well, a la, you know, Hampus Lindholm a couple seasons ago. I would like to see that happen. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I've, sure? always, <laughs> I've always kind of liked Mantha. He was on a really shitty Detroit team for like a long time. Like during that whole era, it was like, I think Detroit's going to return to contenders. They have these young players, like you had Larkin, you had Mantha, and like, no. Um, so, uh, 
unfortunately, he's kind of currently stuck with an underwhelming Caps team. But, uh, yeah, definitely I'd take him. Um, I think not that it necessarily, like, solves a lot of issues. It's just, like, such a bump to your lineup um, that it would be really hard to turn down. Uh, like you said, Chris, I don't know if this is a season to go all in, and I don't know if I'd necessarily go all in for Mantha at this moment. But um, definitely if he, if there's chatter that he's available, um, that I think you have to go after him. Uh, I bet there will be a lot of teams after him if that's the case. So, yeah, I'd take him. All right. That was uh, Chris's wishes, our new segment. <laughs> Chris's wishes. Sorry um, to say. And uh, yeah, now if you if you want to like play me off with some music, I'll read off all the guys to absolutely stay away from. Uh, you sure? just, we like, got fifteen. You got fifteen seconds. You just like fade me Jakob Verana, uh, Alex Goligoski, Eric Johnson, Mike Hoffman, Kevin LeBanc, Tyler Johnson, Marco Scandella, Brandon Duhame. Max Pacioretty, Dominic Kubalik, Kyle Ocposo, Matt Dumba, Tanner Pearson, Nikita Zaitsev, Anthony Beauvillier, Ilya Lubushkin, Demigus Pergensen, Joel Edmondson, Pat Maroon, Kasperi Kapanen, Sebastian Ajo, Sammy Blay, Tyson Jost, and Jared Tenorti. <laughs> the Tenorti, let's go. Bring him Ten back. Man. Bring him back. Bring him back. Bring him back. At all costs. First round pick, one for one. Yeah, he's uh, one of the worst players in the league this year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Love it. The bump. Well, he did yell. He did yell at someone after Bedard was like being a POS to some player. So good old Tim Man. All right. Uh, thanks for listening to all that. Uh, bye. Dear, 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 dear.